0: Buenos dias. Bienvenidos a la Iglesia Latina. Friendship community church, ¿verdad? Cristiano comunidad. ¿Sí? Eso es una broma. I'm just messing with you guys. Uh, you thought Eric was the only guy who spoke Spanish up here, huh? <laughs> uh, I just want to make my dad cry if he ever watches this. He, uh, he's Mexican, speaks a lot of Spanish. He's getting old. And uh, I don't know if you know this about Mexican guys. Like, the first... 50 or 60 years of your life you're like super macho but you use up all your machismo right and so when you're like so the switch goes off and so you're 60 ish and you just cry look he's laughing because he knows and you just cry for everything it's like we saved all the tears until we get old um and so like we're watching uh, i'm at my sister's house a couple years ago the whole family's there we're watching uh, coco right disney movie you guys know the movie and um like, you're not crying for that, right? And then the guy, he's like, gives up his life, the old guy, he gives up his life and he gives up eternity in the, for the kid and he's going to have his own life. And I look over and my dad's like, your boy, your boy. And, he's crying. and I'm like, Mira like, Luis, what's up, man? He's crying. And then so fast forward, you guys seen Encanto, the new movie? All right, so like I'm watching, we're watching it with the kids and you got Luis up there and she's like, you know, just the pressure that'll drip, drip, drip. And I'm like, yeah, girl, like she's tough and strong. And then you get, and then Bruno, who's like, you know, the, he's the outcast and he had this little prophecy or whatever. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh man, Bruno's like a prophet. Is that John? Is this like revelation? And then you give it up. And then all of a sudden, like, and then everybody's, it's all crashed and it's burned and it's broken and it's sad. And then there's redemption. And I'm like, oh my God, and then, this, is the, this is the gospel. And I look over at Colton and he's like, Mira, está llorado, Luis. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I'm not my dad yet. I'm 41. Uh, so, I got like 20 years. So, nobody say anything sentimental when you respond. Like, none of that stuff. Um, don't want to rush this thing. Uh, and for the record, Coco is Mexican and Encanto is Colombian. So, also Andy might be Mexican. He cries a lot, too. So. <laughs> Just when he's teaching. Um, so, fair warning to you, uh, I'm a rabbit hunter, man. I can go, like, Andy's like, hey, man, we get up maybe 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's cool. I didn't tell him, like, he was taking my 10 minutes. I just was like, yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm not Michael DeMarco. Uh, by the way, he texted me this morning. He misses you guys so much. He loves you guys. He prays for you all the time, prays for us. Um, I'm not him, right, with the rabbits, but I think I can go 10 rounds with Michael, um, for real. Uh, our buddy Darren, who you're going to see next week, has this uh, dog shot color. He can tell you that story if he wants to. But I was like, man, should I get that and just give Andy the remote? And like, if you're like, you know, so we were here and it's like, Jesus. And it's like, nah, I don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, I don't trust him with it. He would just be buzzing me all the time. So, uh, All right, I'm going to try to get you out of here in time for your Super Bowl parties next year that'd be good. All right. all right. Listen, we really are going to do Bible today. All right. Um, Three things uh, I want you guys to uh, be looking for uh, as we read. Uh, I kind of felt like the theme of chapter four, uh, probably the theme of the Bible, but we really see it in chapter four. Uh, Because God did a gospel work in Jesus, you have been changed and you are being changed. Uh, That's kind of one through twelve. Uh, because God did a gospel work in Jesus, you will be resurrected. You have uh, that promise in him. That's kind of the back third. And then the whole chapter really says, hey, because God, uh, because God did a gospel work in Jesus, you have hope now. Not in the past that he really did these things. Not in the future, like eternally, I know I'm going to be good. But like right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you got going on, good or bad, you have hope in Jesus. So, Uh, Let's pray, we're going to read, hopefully the Spirit will get to work. God, we love you, we thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for this opportunity for me. I ask that uh, you just get me out of the way, let your truth be told, let your truth be spoken, pour your Spirit out on us, in me, through me, uh, in the church, open up the truth of your Word. Uh, Just as important, open us up to the truth of your Word. Um, Enlighten the eyes of our hearts, Father. Do your thing by your Spirit, Uh, work in us, teach us. Let us not just be hearers of the Word, but let it change our hearts so that we would go out and be doers of the Word too. God, we love you and we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Let me do this thing. All right, finally, this is 1 Thessalonians, that's not the right thing. See, Andy, he's already messing with it. All right, finally, then brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust, just like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing, to all the brothers throughout Macedonia, but we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. We who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. All right. I told you I can go, so I'm going to open it up to you all first. (laughs) Again, the theme, uh, because God did a gospel work in Jesus, all right, you've been changed. You, you're, you'll be resurrected you have hope now so with that what you guys got what does that say about God God is faithful where are you seeing that all through it the bible you see it's in the bible somewhere. alright what else All right. What does he call us to? Let's go with holiness. All right. What else? Ooh, I like that. God's call is not impure it's not about us. Think about let's think about that. Let's dig down for a second on that. All right for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. I mean, he goes right at it, right? Uh, That each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, all right? You're not like people that don't know God, right? You know him. You have his spirit, right? He's in you, right? And so I want you to think about Sexual immorality, that's an easy one. Man, Thessalonica was not a good place. Uh, Port City, like army stuff. Adam kind of gave you guys a rundown of what it was. Uh, So most likely the reason that Paul writes specifically sexual immorality uh, is because that's what they had going on. So he's speaking specifically to them what they have going on. But I want you to think about it in your own lives. Um, You know God. You're a representative of him. What does your behavior say about that? What does your behavior say about who he is and what he's done in you. You know, as you're a representative, whether it's sexual immorality, whether you got stuff going on, I mean, like, there's, there's easy ones, right? That we like to call out, oh, homosexuality, abortion, right? And that's real obvious uh, to us. Uh, it's like if it was a, like, if you took the tire on your car and you made it like a rearview mirror, and everybody looking around was like, bro, that's not going to work. Like, you can't do that, right? And so those are easy to call out. Uh, But there are sneaky ones, too, in here that you guys may have going on. Like, what about pornography? What about, like, getting flirty with the girl at the office or the guy at the office? What about sliding into those DMs, you know? Like, what about stuff like that, right? Nobody knows, right? And so that's like, we still got the car thing going, but uh, now you just never change the oil. Can't see that. That's not obvious. Oh, you just didn't change the brakes. And here's the thing. It's almost better to have the obvious one outside where people can be like, hey, man, I think something's wrong with your car, bro. Like, the mirror doesn't go there. And the tire's not, it's dirty. You put it inside. You, like, get your clothes messed up. Like, that's good. But when you're sneaky hiding stuff, man, it destroys you from inside out. Right? And so you're sitting here thinking like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And you may not even know it. Like you may not even know you forgot that you didn't change the oil. You forgot like I uh, yeah, it's not that the porn's not there, nah, it's not a big deal. just flirty. I mean she's just my friend. but it'll destroy you. He gave you his spirit to fight against that stuff. Man, and look, it sneaks up on you cuz I get we have a website I run a window company and so we have this website and people just email stuff in, you know, they want, "Hey, come, you know, we need a window, we need 10, here's my phone number or whatever." But there's all these spam bots that come in. And so I'm the one who checks the email and it's like free porn galleries and it's like That stuff is coming at me. I'm not seeking that out. And that's the world we live in. It's broken. It's messed up. It's Thessalonica, right? It's coming after you. What are you equipped with? What does he say? What's the difference? What do you have that they don't have? You got Jesus. All right, good. What else you got? God avenges sins. Good. Adam, you want to expand on that at all? (laughs) Not like Thor or Captain America. That's not what we're talking about, right? (laughs) Yeah, so how does he do it? In who? With who? Right? He says the Lord is an avenger in all these things, right? He fixed it. He fixed it. In who? Jesus, right? All right, you have been changed and are being changed. Why? Because God took care of your sin in Jesus. You have hope now. You got some junk going on in your life. I know you do. I know I do. None of you are Jesus, right? We heard the nobody's a prophet, priest, king thing, only Jesus. It's him. You have stuff going on in your life, and that's okay. The Avenger guy... You've seen the movies. They take care of stuff, right? They come in and squash it. Only we got a perfect one in Jesus who come and took care of everything, right? So so you get here and you get down on yourself and don't be sneaking. man, I can't go to church because I did that. And, and you want to, ah, oh, geez, my sin is too big for him. He's not a wooden spoon God who's up there like, man, Adam, I really hoped, I thought you were going to have a better truth than that. Like you should just, you know, yeah. You know. No, he's not saying, hey, Tyson, man, you did some stuff, and that uh, you can't hang out with me, man. Now he's saying, "Hey, come here, man. You did some stuff. <laughs> it was bad. You said he's honest with you about your sin, right? But he's like, I took care of it. So let's go through this together. I've already handled it. Let's go through it together. I've avenged it. We won. Here's the end of the story. We win. All right. Now come along with me for the ride. Right." All right, you guys got more? God calls us to work hard so we can love others and share with others. All right, yeah, one of the themes of um, Thessalonians is, is share your lives with one another, right? We hear that in 2 ways. We loved you so much that we didn't even want to just bring you to gospel. That was the main thing, but we wanted to share our lives with you, right? And now some of us, you might be in a category where you're, you got disabled, you got some stuff going on, and you. maybe you can't work. Maybe you've got some stuff going on. Um, and that's not what we're talking about here, but we're talking about everybody else who like, hey, if you're able, if you can get up, don't sit around, don't be lazy, don't do that stuff. You're going to be in bad shape. You know, we got all kind of little sayings that are born out of the Bible uh, that are like, hey, idle hands or the devil's playground. So, well, that stuff is true. You sit still and we're scrolling. We're keeping up with the Joneses on Instagram and Facebook and we want to see what's going on over there. That's bad news for you. That's bad news for you. The life that God gave you that he called you to is for you. It's like Andy was saying in the beginning. Like, I have a voice that translates well to... Contractors. That's what I do in life. I'm a coach. That's what I do. Not I might be. But I'd rather I'd quit Windows if I could be a coach full time. Pay enough. Um, <laughs> so, so that's my voice. That's what he gave me. Right? He gave you something different. You got to get out and share with one another. You go do your job. You do your work. You be who you are. Right? But first, you are redeemed. Right? He came and got you and grabbed you and said, "Hey." do your thing. I'm, I'm going to let you speak a language. I'm going to let you learn a language that might be kind of messy. You're going to drag your knuckles and, and scrape your knees a little bit, and you're going to learn those things, okay? But then I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to do a work inside you, okay? I did it in Jesus. I did a gospel work in Jesus, right? I'm going to change you. You have been changed. You're going to be changed. You'll continue. Like in the, in the beginning, he says, hey, you ought to walk with the Lord. Where are we going? to sanctification. We're on our way to heaven, right? Well, let's walk. You're not perfect yet. You didn't start out that way. You crawled, you rolled on your belly before you crawled, then you crawled, then you stood up and you fell down and then you walked and then you ran and now, man, you get like my dad and you start to slow down again. But you're walking with Jesus. It's a process. He's cleaning you up, right? But he'll redeem all those places you've been and all those things you've done and that's a language that he's taught you. He taught you a language that you can speak to other people who've been through that stuff. Like Andy and I became friends partially because he's a great teacher. And I was like, bro, I never heard him talk like that. Like, give me some more of that. Like, expository te- Man, really? I grew up in a Catholic church. We didn't do that. We had a homily, like 10 Our Fathers, a few Hail Marys, and we were, we were out of there. We were good. But I'm like, man, this is, he's teaching how I learn. And then we played basketball. That was a common ground language. And then Andy went through some junk. I'm like, bro, I've been there. (laughs) This is a different language that we speak. And this share your life stuff. Like, I could look at my situation and hang my head and be sad about it and be mad at myself and spend my whole life being bitter. Or I could say, Jesus, you took care of that. I don't know why you let me go down that road. I don't know why I made those choices. I regret it. But I know who you are and I see what you've done. Thank you. And he's like, bro, you don't even know. Five years from now, I'm sending this dude your way. He's going to be in the same spot. And he said, well, what do I do? Sit with him. Listen to him. Cry with him. Talk to him. Remind him of who I am. Remind him that I did a work in you. Remind him that I'm doing a work in him. Remind him that I have already won. It's not about my sin, my language, his sin, your sin. It's about a work that he did in Jesus that gives you hope. It's a work that he did in Jesus that changes you. It's a work that he did, we're going to get to the back half of this, that he did in Jesus that means you'll be raised again. That's what we saw this morning. The old is gone and the new is raised to life. All right, rabbits. Here we go. What else you got? God teaches us how to love. How has he done that in your life, Keith? 100% accurate. Yeah. Yet love that would change you comes from the only one who can change us. Keith is saying he doesn't have the capacity, the ability to love in a way that would sustain you, that would change you. That comes from the king. And he taught you how to do that. He does that work in you so that when we go to share our lives, when we go to move, when we go to do things with other people, it changes them. You want to change people? Get a front row seat to God doing work through you. You want to live? That's living, man. Thanks, Keith. I like putting you on the spot. I like to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else? I'm gonna. I'll probably call you out on it. So if you're scared, that's okay. God wants us to depend on Him. Man. Why? Man. So we don't depend on other people or ourselves. Yeah, I'll, if we depend on something that can't fill us up, that can't sustain, <clears throat> excuse me, that can't sustain us, what is that? That doesn't work for us. He wants us to depend on him. Why? Because he's the best thing for us. You know, it's like your kid playing in the streets, like he really wants to play in the street and the cars. He likes it, weaving in and out. Like, I should just let Colton do that. It'd be fun. That's not love. Right? It's not a set of rules, okay? It's not a set of rules that say, hey, do this, do the dress this way. Uh-oh, man. Like, I got on the sweatpants today. I didn't make it a hail pastor surplus to get my jeans and Sperry's <laughs> and gray shirt. <laughs> so I, had, I even got a look from Jen. She's like, yeah, that's what you're wearing? And I'm like, I want to be comfortable. She's like, you you want to be more comfortable in jeans? No. Sorry, I'm like... <laughs> Uh, God wants us to depend on him. Hang on, that was me. Nah, see, this book is not a a list of rules. I did bring the big Bible so it outweighed the sweatpants. You guys think I was super holy because I got a big, fat Bible? Um, (laughs) It's not a set of rules for you, it's a love story that says, hey, you're going to do some things in life that are going to separate you from me. All right? Don't do that. I'm the best thing for you. And I know you may not realize that and you may not be able to see it, but I promise it's true. I'm sending the, the king of the universe, the one who didn't need anything, down to rescue you because that's the only way it could happen. Right? That's how much I love. I'm coming to get you. I have to, so just trust me. I'm the best thing for you. It's not rules, baby. It's a love story. He says, I love you. Keep, I want you near me. I want you near me because I'm the best thing for you. Don't go play in the road. I know you think that's fun. I know you think this stuff will fill you up and make you happy if you depend on it, but it won't. I made you. <laughs> I know how you're wired up. Who else could tell you other than me? Right? He knows what he's talking about. Oh, man. I like that one. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Anybody? Anybody? Man, he does. Yeah, John said God wills this to happen, and uh, he he wants to take all this stuff away. He doesn't want you to sin. That's not what, what John is saying. That's not what the Bible says. But he wants to take care of your sin, right? And he'll use it. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about more than conquerors through him who, who saved us, who loved us, who rescued us, right? That means he takes the sin and he's like, ah, I wish he wouldn't have done that, but I'm going to use it. I'll redeem it, right? He, he's excited about it and he wills all this stuff to happen. So the junk that's in your life, whatever you've done, whatever you're doing, it's cool, man. Stop doing it. Repent. Turn to Jesus and say, hey, man. I did some stuff. And he's like, you did some stuff. And he'll take care of you, man. He's not sitting on the other side of your sin. This is from The Cure. It's a great book if you guys want to read it. He's not, there's not this mountain of sin that you have in your life that he's sitting on the other side of. Right? You do have a mountain of sin in your life. That is true. Right? But Jesus is not on the other side of it like, bro, clean that up. Fix your sin so we can be together. No. He's right beside you on that park bench being like, you see that? I told you not to do that. Look what happened after you did that. Let's fix it together. Matter of fact, you hang out, I'll fix it. That's what I do. That's what I have done. Right? He's not chasing you with a wooden spoon. He's saying, I love you, repent. I will, I allow this stuff to happen. You know why? I've thought, I've chased this down a lot. I'm in Genesis 3 and I'm like, why, man? You're in control of everything. Why let this happen? We were perfect. We had it perfect. Man, the garden sounds like a great place. Because you wouldn't have understood how much I love you. You would have never understood my mercy and my grace, who I am. You never would have seen that, ever, if I hadn't allowed you to do this. See, we, we in our society want to throw things away when they break. I just get a new one. Nah, man. God says, hey, I will take that old, broken, busted up one and I'll fix it, and it'll be better somehow. And we're talking about doing that with all of creation. Only the king can do that. All right, I'm going to keep you all here till the next Super Bowl if I don't go to my stuff, so you're cut off. <laughs> all right, um, I want to drill down on a couple things uh, that I saw that I thought were really cool uh, in here. Um, so he starts out, you know, he opens up chapter four. He's like, hey, finally, uh, we ask and urge you that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God, uh, just as you're doing. You're doing this, but keep doing it, right? Uh, and do it more and more and more, all right? And then verse two, uh, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Okay, so you know there is a, a, a true and there is a counterfeit, Right? You know, Jesus is the ultimate authority. He tells you what to do. tells what others to do. He tells you to go tell others what to do. He gives you the ability to do it. He'll give you instructions. He's called us to speak to one another. Right? And that's how he's chosen to build his church, through discipleship. Right? So if you know Jesus, who are you discipling? Who in your life are you like, hey, man? I love you, know, like the end of this book or the end of this chapter says, hey, there's coming a time when the king is coming back. You know, Andy read Revelation this morning. Jesus had it up, man. He's got king of kings on his leg, on his robe, fiery eyes, white flowing hair. I'm on my way back. That's going to happen, whether you trust him or not. So if you have people in your life that you love, that you know, do you love them enough to say, hey, like the king for eternity? Who are you discipling? And I'm like, I want to show you how, the li- how life imitates the Bible and it's not the other way around. We're always trying to replicate things that only God can do for us. Um, and they're all counterfeits, right? And so our best defense uh, is to know what the authentic is. So this happens in sports, movies, jobs. All of them mimic uh, what only God can do for us. So does anybody play Wordle? You guys know what Wordle is? Wordle? You don't know what Wordle is? All right. You play it? You, she didn't get you on it yet? All right. So Wordle is this game. It's, uh, don't feel bad. It's, it's been public for like three months, all right? It's just this little word game. Once a day, uh, it's based on, like, I had to research all this. Uh, it's based on a 1955 uh, newspaper game. They made it public in December of 2021. It sold to the New York Times uh, right after that for seven figures, somewhere south of $10 million, okay? This dude made it. Uh, for his girlfriend, uh, because she liked word puzzles, right? Um, And uh, now, and I want you to hear, like, is this the gospel? And is this what the world's done with the gospel? Listen for this. It's available in 50 languages. Uh, It was born out of love. Like I said, the guy made it for his girlfriend. Uh, It's simple, you know, just a five-letter thing. You get to guess. You got six tries to get it. Uh, It's very engaging. It's addictive. Like, you want to do it every day. Uh, it's easily explained. It's easily replicated. Um, that sounds just like the gospel, right? Now listen to this. There are a bunch of spinoffs. John, you know, because we play some of them. Nerdle, math fans. Wor- Worldle, geography fans. Quirldle, Tetris people. Primal, if you're a nerdier math guy. Uh, Lordle of the Rings, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I didn't download it, but I want to play it. Uh, Squirtle, if you like Pokemon, uh, there's even a Queerdle, if you're LGBTQ, Bikel, if you like to cycle, uh, Absurdle, you can use your imagination on that one, um, literally hundreds of spin-offs. and so Wordle was this really simple, really pure, really fun little game to go back and forth, uh, and then we're like, oh, we can make money off this. I'll buy that from you for whatever they sold it for, undisclosed, seven and a half million dollars, and we're going to do this and do that and improve and and go to all these things. And what happens? All right, all those ones that I listed, we've narrowed the audience, right? We've tailored it to a specific group. Um, It becomes specialized. Somebody's trying to make money off of it. They want to cash in on the original, but the original already exists, so they make a counterfeit, right? They... Advertise, they push a narrative, they say ours is better than the old one or the old one's not real, we're the authentic, and they take credit for it. And what happens when we try to improve on the gospel? Again, we're just saying, hey, you ought to know what Jesus said. He said it, and we repeated it. And by the way, if you want to be like the Bereans, not the Thessalonians, go back and check. It's there. He said it. Look, verify it. He never says it just once. He says it over and over and over again. So here's what we do. We complicate it. We narrow the audience. We become specialized. This is with the the gospel. Someone looks to make a profit on it or cash in on the original. So they advertise in churches. We do that differently. We got smoke machines, bigger buildings, bigger buildings, build bigger buildings, uh, louder music, more decorated and educated pastors with certifications. We got a huge staff that can meet every earthly need you can come up with. And if you come up with a new one, We'll create a program for that. All while putting what on the back burner. What's on the back burner? Now listen, I'm not saying that stuff isn't. We should. Hey, the church is man, you're supposed to go love. Share your lives with one another, right? Go meet these, Work so you can share with others, right? Work so you can help other people. Give my hand up. You needed one? Give them one. Right? So I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying when the gospel stops being the reason that you do that stuff, and it starts being about, hey man, we built this. 7,500 seat auditorium. We got to fill this thing up, man. We got a note on this thing. We got to pay for it. Get those people in here tithing. I don't see that in here at all. I see tithe, I see give, I see help, but I don't see so we can sustain a building or build another one or look flashy. That's why I wear sweatpants today. (laughs) Look, so what you end up doing is initially we seek to include everybody. But what we actually do is create little silos of people that look like us and talk like us and act like us and dress like us. That's not what heaven looks like, baby. It's different. We look different. We dress different. We like different things. And see that as a blessing that God gave you. It's good, man. If you ate the same meal every day, unless it's fajitas, Eric, like we could do that. Tacos, you could probably do But, like, if you had to eat the same exact thing every day, the same meal, come on, man. Like, go eat some Italian, eat some Mexican, you need a good burger, you need, hey, try some fish tacos, That's you know, whatever, right? It's better when it's blended and different and we celebrate each other's differences and it gives more glory to God because he says, look at all these different people that I make and they all know me and love me. Because I'm the only thing that can bring them all together. You look different, act different, talk different, like different things. What's the only common thread? You are made in the image of God for his glory, not your own. So this is what we got to do. Stop settling for results that can only be produced by man. Stop taking God's perfect work and trying to improve on it. The gospel is not a mental exercise like Wordle that keeps you sharp. The gospel isn't just good for you like Wordle that keeps you sharp. The gospel is the only thing that can save you. And every single one of the gospel's counterfeits will kill you. He's the only thing that can save you. It's a revelation of who God is. And it makes you like him. Jesus is not self-help. He is help. He's life. God didn't give us Jesus to make our lives better or easier. He gave us Jesus to save our lives. So stop putting programming in the place of gospel. Stop making excuses for why you can't do the gospel. You know it. You have the truth. If you got access to a Bible. You can have this kind of Bible. You can have iPad Bible. You can have uh, iPhone Bible or if you're an Android user and you like the green bubbles instead of the blue. like You can have that kind of Bible. It doesn't matter. Like You've got access to a Bible. Check it out. Say it. Repeat it. Verify what you're hearing. It really is that simple. Think about who he used. Uneducated fishermen, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, Acts four thirteen. Peter and John are in bad shape. They've gotten arrested, and the council is like, yeah, you're yeah, so blah, 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 they say all their mean stuff. And, and like Peter and John are like, hey man, like we're gonna teach. We're gonna preach. And they're these uneducated fishermen. Listen to what it says here. This is Acts (laughs) 4.13. The council's response to these uneducated fishermen don't know what they're doing. Might as well have been a window installer or a sonic commercial guy, okay? Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Tyson, you do like centrifuge for a living, right? Well you your lab, you test stuff, test blood, been with Jesus. Go tell people about him. Caught in your little football guy. Been with Jesus. John, your accountant. John Lewis, our accountant, very accounting guy, count stuff. Have you been with Jesus? Go tell people. You don't need a degree into You got a degree. The Holy Spirit's your degree. Go tell people. Don't hesitate, man. Don't let people die because I'm going to tell you this. We're going to get to heaven and I, I really feel like not guilt trip, like Jesus is not guilt trip guy, but I, I feel like we get some of this like, man, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, come on home, baby. I got a place for you in my father's house. I also had so much of this down there for you, but you didn't trust me enough. You know, and that's not, like I said, wooden spoon God that's like, you know, he's not looking down on you. He loves you, and he's saying, hey, this is what it is. You want to live? Before I do that, I'm jumping ahead of myself. All right. Uh, verse 8, therefore, whoever disregards uh, this disregards not man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you, right? That Spirit's in you. That's what we're talking about. This puts to bed, he's in the context of sexual immorality. This is on the heels of, hey, stay away from this stuff, right? This puts to bed, judge not lest you be judged. Don't go tell anybody they're doing the wrong thing. Just live and let live. The Bible doesn't teach that. What he's talking about there is if you want to put yourself in the place of God, Ooh, you better be God. And none of you are. I'm not. Right? So what he's saying here, therefore, whoever disregards disregards, look, go talk to them. And when they reject you, realize that they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. Like he said, hey, this is how I've wired you up. This is what's best for you. This is how you really live. And when they reject it, don't be mad at them. Don't fight them. Love them. Pray for them. Feel sorry for them. But be bold in that. He sends his people to deliver his message. God sends his people to be rejected sometimes. That's good for you. That's good for you to have to depend on him and know that, well, what could I have said different? Nothing. They had hard hearts. Think about the Pharisees. He knew the Bible better than everybody. Jesus, Paul, these dudes are like, hey, man, Messiah. And they're like, no, we don't know. We're not sure. He's uh, going to mess up our temples and money and flowing robes. Like, we don't like that. We have to change the way we live. You know? Right? Rejecting God's word or instructions is rejecting God. But you don't have to fear man. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God. Their rejection isn't about us. What did you say? It's about God. So be bold in your preaching, be bold in your teaching. Repeat the good news. Be like the Bereans. Check everything. And when we're together, it should be about God's word. It should be with God. He should be present. Remember, he says when we gather, he's there. He lives in you. So I want you to think about the fear that we have. I'll go for a minute and then we'll be done. I want you to think about the fear that you may have about telling people about Jesus right? But I also want you to think about take, not taking the gospel to other people. is crazy town. Consider he is the one who does everything, right? Now think of it in these terms. If Jesus was like, uh, Tyson, bro, uh, I'm about to go feed these 5,000 people. Check this out. This little boy is going to come up with like a little basket. He's got some fish and some bread, and we're going to feed 5,000 people with it. You want to go? And you're like, I'm just... How you going to do that? Man, he says, no, nah, I got it. I'll take care of it. I just want you to come with me. Would you go? I mean, you know the story, so you're going to go? Yeah, you got to go, right? Uh, what, if he's, what if it's the woman at the well? Right, hey, just <laughs> listen, what I'm going to do, man, she's going to come, and she's going to be like, oh, my gosh, you're a, uh, and then I have these husbands, and then they're gone, and she's going to be like, hey, come on, tell me the rest of the story. You know, and I'm going to talk to her, and, and then my boys are going to show up, and they're going to be like, what you doing talking to this? We're not supposed to talk to them. And he said, whoa, I came for everybody, not just you, right? I'm going to see this woman's life change. Are you going for that? Are you showing up for that? Would you want to see that, right? What about Lazarus? That's a good one. Bro, this dude is dead. He's been dead. It stinks in there. Like, even his sister is going to be like, don't do it. Um, <laughs> and then, But are you showing up? when he's like, Lazarus, come forth. And then you're like, here he is right? And he raises up, and you're like, are you going to do that? Yeah, those are, those are Bible things. What about a uh, um, favorite football team, bandwagon guy? The Rams, all right? What if Jesus is like, what if Jesus is like, uh, hey, you want to go to Super Bowl? I got 50-yard line seats. Like, y'all want to show up? Rams are going to win. How do you know that? Come on, man. God. Uh, <laughs> like, do you go? Do you go for that, right? To see if like, okay, what about a uh, uh, we got, I'm a Pearl Jam guy. That was the first concert I ever went to. Hey, uh, Lou, you want to go backstage to Pearl Jam? We meet Eddie Vedder. They're going to shred it, man. Like, I'm showing up, right? Uh, skydiving, bungee jumping. You guys got any skydivers in here? Not you. Okay, you don't have to. Um, but if Jesus is like, hey, let's go skydiving. And you're like, bro, what if, what if like the, you know, parachute doesn't? And he's like, raise you from the dead. I got this. Like, if he, <laughs> if, 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 would you do it? Would you do it? Would you go? Wouldn't that be fun to hang out with him that way? Now, he's inviting you to something that's even more amazing than that. It's just as miraculous and just as exhilarating as these things, and they happen every single day, and they are of no cost to you. Now, what if you invited somebody and they didn't want to go? Hey, uh, me and Jesus, we're going skydiving. You want to come? Bro, no. What about your favorite concert, favorite football? Do you want to go? Nah, man, not, I don't know. How would you respond to him? Would you be, yeah, I mean, would you do that? Like, what if, what if you knew, I know Adam's a Rams fan. To be fair to Adam, he's been a Rams fan for a long time. He's not a bandwagon guy, even before Stafford. Um, and so I'm like, hey, Adam, man, I know the Rams are your favorite team. You want to come with me to the Super Bowl? Ah, man, I don't know. You're a big fan. You want to go? Nah. How would I respond to him? How would you respond? Hey, do you want to go to heaven for eternity with me and Jesus? It's better than the Rams, Adam. It's better than skydiving. It's better than Eddie Vedder. He's got a magical voice. It's better than him. How come you don't get really excited about it when we talk about that? Maybe you do. I don't know. In my own life, there's this dude... Uh, he was dead for sure. Uh, drugs, alcohol. Um, yesterday, celebrated six years sobriety. He's Jake Cortez. He's one of my best friends. Um, I didn't know what to do with this guy. We've worked together for about 10 years. And uh, best window guy I've ever met, ever seen. And I'm like lost with it, man, because like, we'd show up to pick him up for work, and he's like stumbling. like, I'm good for work today, baby. I'm like, bro, we're getting ladder. It's Like, you're not going to work today. Um, and, and I'm like, I keep thinking, like, one day I'm going to show to pick this guy up and he's going to be dead. Like, legit dead. And sometimes I would like, I got a key to his hotel room because uh, he stayed in one of those thinking extended stay places. And, and we'd go in and he'd be laying there passed out from the night before. And I'm like, is he dead? Is he dead? I don't know. And I'd go, is he cold? And I had nothing that I could do to help this guy. Because I tried it all. You know, punish him, reward him, whatever, with work stuff, money, didn't matter. Nothing helped. Finally, um, I was just like, Jesus, you're the only one that can help this guy. And so he'd be hammered, passed out, and I would sit on the bed in his hotel. And we read Job and Romans and Paul or uh, John. And I would just did it every day. And he still was drunk all the time. And I just thought, man, that's it. Something happened. There was a catalyst. Like one of his, his girlfriend at the time passed away, overdose. He was with her. And um, I mean, I've been talking to him for months, uh, reading to him. And he, uh, he said, hey, man, I think Jesus is the only one who can help me. I said, well, come on, let me tell you more about him. Now, you want to live? That's a front row seat for feeding the 5,000. That's a front row seat for raising Jake from the dead. This dude went through all the stuff that we have to go through on this side of it. He's gone through all the consequences of what that was in his life and the mess that he had made, and I've watched... Day by day, Jesus picked these things off and say, no, 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 I'm going to give you a, a wife. I'm going to give you a life. I'm going to give you two beautiful boys that you can love and hold and cherish and teach about me. One, one day at a time, I've seen him rescue this guy, raise him. He was literally dead. And raise him up. Now I don't know about how you feel with whatever it is that you love. But when I saw that, give me more of that. Let me see more of that. And listen, let me be honest with you. It wasn't me. There's nothing I said because I tried all my stuff, right? It wasn't the way I said it or how I said it. I tried it and failed and tried it and failed and tried it and failed and tried it and failed. Over and over and over and over and over and it didn't work. But the king showed up. And I promise you, if you'll just trust him, if you'll believe that God did a gospel work in Jesus, so you have hope now. If you believe that God did a gospel work in Jesus, so you have been changed and are being changed and he will make that same change in other people in your life if you will just take them the medicine then he will. And you'll get to see that because he did a gospel work in Jesus, you'll be resurrected. They'll be resurrected in this life and the next. You got to believe it because it's true. And if you will just trust him enough to take his message to other people, the best reward, the best joy, and he talks about this in 1 in, uh, Thessalonians 3, that will be your joy. That will be your glory here. That he used you, spoke through you, and brought other people to life. And you get to see it and say, hey, man, not because I did it, but I can always look back to Jake and say, God, have you deserted me? Have you left me? Are you even real? Say, man, remember what I did with Jake? Come on, bro. That was just a couple years ago. Come on. Yes, I got you. You have hope now. Not because I said it, but because I've done it. And I've given you evidence. And I will do it again because I've made promises to do it again. So look, you might have fear. You know, Paul is, is probably looking at us like, bro, like, what are you scared they're not going to drink coffee with you? Like, or every time you go to the water cooler, they're going to be like, oh, there's that Jesus guy, you know? Yeah, man, he's probably like, ah, but Jesus isn't. You know, Paul is, was a, a, a broken dude just like us. Right? Right? And so he might mock you for being scared. They're literally like lowering this dude out of a basket in the wall and throwing rocks at him and like he's got to hightail it out of there, right? And Jesus gave him his spirit to deal with that fear. Paul's just as much a coward as you are apart from Jesus' spirit. He's going to be a self-preservationist apart from Jesus, right? So... The same spirit that was in Paul, here's your hope, is in you. So when you're intimidated, man, I can't tell them about Jesus. Same spirit. Same spirit that protected Paul from all that stuff. Same spirit that Paul's, here we go, go ahead, take my head off. That's fine, I'm going back to the king. Same spirit in you. Trust him. Trust him. So be bold. Go to the water cooler, go to the ballpark, whatever. You go to the set of a Sonic commercial. There's like a hundred people there. You'd be amazed. It's a crazy town. Tell them about Jesus. And if they ask you to never come back, wherever they send you, go tell them about Jesus. Never stop. And when we get home, 10,000 years won't be long enough for us to sing and sing and sing about who he is and what he's done. All right. I tried to do more time than you, but I'm getting restless. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, tie bow on it. If you didn't hear anything else, God did a gospel work in Jesus, right? Jesus is the foundation for this. He fulfills this whole book. Because he did that, you are being changed. You have been changed. Because he did that, you will be resurrected with him. Because he did that, you have hope now and forever. Turn to the king. Trust the king. Go to work. Tell people about him. Even if you don't know perfectly, stumble over your words. Listen, I'm a window installer, man. I got up here and talked you guys ear off for like an hour. And I'm going to go to the ball field and I'm going to do it to the kids. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do it to my guys not because of me, but because I've seen who he is and I've seen what he he can do. And I trust that he'll do it again and again and again and again. All right, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. Make it to your Super Bowl party next year. God, uh, man, thank you so much for doing that gospel work in Jesus because apart from you, We were dead, man, and there was no coming back, nothing we could do, nowhere we could go, no amount of begging and pleading, no amount of work to make things right with you. But thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you give us one another, that we get to share our lives together and tell everybody about you, that we get to encourage one another, that we get to teach one another, we get to lift one another up, that we can get to be lifted up by one another because of you, because of who you are and because of what you've done in Jesus. Father, we praise you. We ask you not just to do it uh, when we speak, not just to do it uh, in the past, but we ask you to do it just every minute, every breath, everywhere we go, everything we do. We ask you to do a gospel work in our hearts. Let the gospel be the answer to everything we do, everywhere we go. Uh, Just help us see what the proper application of the gospel is for this situation. I love you.